It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where victory is guaranteed, with Dean, Zach, and your host, John Delaluna. Week one came and went, guys, and we're really excited to, to start this next episode. I'm your host of the Winning Ticket Podcast. Welcome back, John DeLuna, here with Dean and Zach, hey, and we have a lot to discuss, oh, a lot happening in week cool. one. Certainly things to assess, things to look towards the future, and um, wow, it's going to be a really fun season, especially yeah. for Patriots. Typically, <laughs> I really like uh, week two betting. Week two, two through four, I really like. That's best odds, in my opinion. Um, we like to catch a lot of public overreactions, so hopefully some of our picks like that, are, we might be having you take a deeper look at some teams that got crushed in week one. Yeah, I just want to start off by saying um, when you're devoid of football for a couple days, you're on that high, and you look at your DraftKings and you're a devout Yankee fan and see that they're playing the Detroit Lions, and you're like, there's no way they're going to lose this game despite the fact they're using an opener. And uh, you lay three units on them for them Mm -hmm. to lose in the bottom of the ninth. Terrible. Uh, don't do that, guys. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what, because you know, <laughs> I did that yesterday, and uh, yeah, how did it turn out? It didn't turn out so, so well. One of one of our favorite unofficial taglines is "Friends don't let friends be square." So of course, I threw a unit on the Yankees as well, live, and of course, um, they they gave up the run to lose the game. That's how baseball works. Tigers had more runs than the Yankees. Anyway, I digress. I it's, don't like baseball, but I, I like football, and we're back, We're boys. back. It's we good that we're not back. a baseball podcast. We're going to stick strictly to football. So we're going to go into in a little bit, obviously, our new big banks for week two. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through some of the standings. Yours truly had a quite a good week. Jono, three for four. I hope you guys followed John, because me and Dean, mm. Well, there's going to be better weeks. It's week yeah. one. I hope it's not beginner's luck either, but I'll, I'll kind of break down, I think, what worked for me and, and what we can improve on. We're going to start off this episode with a new segment we like to call John Asks. Uh, that's me. I'm John. I have a couple of questions to ask our panel here, and this is sure. based off of some things that we've seen in the news and how it's going to affect the betting landscape for the future. So I just have a couple of questions you, you listeners tune in to. Okay. And if you have answers to these questions that are a little bit different, hey, shoot us on our social media. Give some give some uh, answers there. So my first question, guys, is as we crack open another cold one, <laughs> mm-hmm. we have. Uh, I saw that most people saw in that lambasting of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost their quote unquote franchise quarterback mm-hmm. indefinitely. I don't think we. I don't think there is a timetable. Yeah, yet. he's he's yeah. on the the type of IR that they could activate him after week the, eight. The, but the a lot boomerang of are, IR, they say. Yeah, a lot of people are right. saying that it's probably going to be more around week ten, <clears> week eleven, <throat> and. Um, go ahead. Yeah, so so it's for the foreseeable future, really the foreseeable future up until the you know the playoff grind. It looks like the Jaguars going to be without Nick Foles, replaced by Gardner Minshew. All right, favorite name we oh, have boy. on here. Let's so go. how do we feel about betting either the Jaguars themselves or as teams playing the Jaguars? I'll, I'll take this one straight up. Uh, Gardner Minshew, pretty pretty decent player, and he actually showed a really good showing against the Kansas City Chiefs um, when he came in in relief. Gardner Minshew, as everyone remembers. Washington State quarterback um, actually believe led them to a bowl game victory. Um, I had Washington State in that game, pretty good for me. But yeah, honestly, I'm a I'm a Gardner Minshew buyer. Actually, if I could equate it to a point differential, I would say he's about three and a half points different to any spread for um, rather than Nick Foles. So 
example, if you take the the Jaguars this week in Houston, um, I believe that they are eight getting and half, eight right? and a half. Yep. Yeah. So, in my opinion, with Nick Foles, they would be uh, five and a half. They are, and I actually or just five. checked. I just checked yeah. on DraftKings that because I had eight and a half in my show notes, but it actually is at nine and a half now. Okay. Wow. As, as of again, we're Wednesday night, September eleventh. Sure. Um. So. So that's that's probably the public money coming in and not knowing who Gardner Minshew is. Sure. They're probably juicing that side. They just saw um Houston. I would love to see the stat on how heavily public teams are after mm-hmm. playing on Monday night. So if you really think about it, Houston and Saints played at 1 o'clock. Maybe not a lot of people see it. They played mm-hmm. at Monday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. Primetime. Easy for everyone to see. They see the Texans. The public reacts to it, and then that's why that number's probably a little bit high. Many people thinking the Texans mm-hmm. probably yeah. should have won that game. I will <laughs> say two things about the Jaguars, because I watched a lot of that game, because as you guys know, I had the Jags in the Big Bank, and mm-hmm. I also had them in, in my Super Contest. So two things that I, that I saw with the Jaguars. One, their offense... Regardless of who their quarterback is, they have a good offensive game plan going on. They have the right personnel, and everything like that works out for them, which I think is a real positive that actually leads to Gardner Minshew having a little bit of success. What I also saw is that their defense looked absolutely lost. Jalen Ramsey got completely burned by everyone that walked near him. He's a scrub. Miles Jack got eliminated because he can't control himself, Mm -hmm. and um, Josh Allen was nowhere to be found. So the Jaguars looked really shaky on defense. I think that's the that's a real thing to highlight that they let the Chiefs come in. Granted, great offense, but the Chiefs weren't making a lot of plays. It was more so blown coverages. Gotcha. So I would say that the thing that I'm looking at the Jaguars specifically moving forward is not necessarily tied to the quarterback. It's more tied to the defense and how I have a lot of question marks there. I would actually just like to say that I think you have to kind of give the Jaguar defense a pass, being that they're playing. I think undoubtedly the best offense in the league. Most potent. Um, I'm, I'm personally, I would recommend staying away. Let's kind of see what Gardner, uh, Gardner Minshew, whatever the hell he's fucking called. Uh, <laughs> what a weird. Listen, guy. that's a tough. That's like yeah. it's like an action star. I, I want to see what he does because, like, let's be real here. The Chiefs, while they have the best offense league, their defense yeah. is notoriously putrid. Oh yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that he was, I believe, uh, there were some stats out there. Twenty-two of twenty-five. He had yeah. some he this stats. Week, he was like he one did. of the most accurate and yeah. uh, had one of the higher pass rating for a first start rookie QB. Sure. Yeah. Um. So for that reason, I would like to see what happens week two. There's not really much film on him. Now nine and a half, pretty big spread. I believe it's in Houston, correct? Yes. Yeah. Ah, man, I don't know. I, that's a big spread, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I was really super impressed with the Texans. Yeah. But you know what? That's another. Uh, I'll tell you what. Discussion. Now, a different discussion. Now, getting into the Texans um, a little bit, specifically into this game, I'll be really, really quick because sure. this is not – I'm off the rails now. The Texans actually have some question marks in the secondary. I think Gardner Minshew – this is actually a favorable matchup for him. The one thing to look at is going to be how did the Texans' offensive line – Stack up against mm-hmm. the Jaguars' defensive line. Sure. Who yep. the Jaguars' defensive line looked horrible. Which, which are probably they're due mm-hmm. for a bigger game, I think, than against the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, to some degree. Mm-hmm. And now Gardner Minshew with a full week of game mm-hmm. preparation too. Okay. In a similar vein, John asks: After a big Week One division win, sans Antonio Brown, of which I got to hang my hat on the Big Bank, how comfortable now are you guys on betting the Raiders to win some games? In the future. So, unfortunately, I believe the Raiders suffered some injuries. Most notably, mm-hmm. their first-round pick, Jonathan Abram, is officially on the season-ending IR, as per John Gruden today. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was thoroughly impressed with the Raiders' offense mm-hmm. and the defense. Same. So, Raiders' defense actually, I believe, had three sacks. They mentioned that was the first time that's happened yeah. since the Jack Del Rio era. Wow. Which is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> but I feel like Gruden, actually, after you know this, his first year coaching the Raiders... He has his guys playing for him hard, mm-hmm. which, you know, there's really no statistical 
category to define that. Yeah. But you could really see it in his guys. Derek Carr looked pretty good. He was accurate. He didn't turn mm-hmm. the ball over. The defense applied some pressure. Mm-hmm. Granted, yeah. you know, against a, uh, I was going to say a, a rather weak Denver Broncos uh, offense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I would actually say their week one performance, and once again, this could be overreaction, I would actually be inclined to see what they can do. I want to see what they yeah. can do on the road first. I believe they have mm-hmm. another home game this week, if I'm not correct. Um, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. I think they might be at. Uh, they do. I'm sorry. They yes. are home. They're, they're at and Kansas. Actually, uh, I think this is a great time Kansas for me City. to jump in, too. So th- here's yeah. one thing that I actually wanted to kind of highlight for you guys. Um, I wanted to kind of circle Raiders games at home versus division teams. Very specific. They're getting two in a row. Maybe I wouldn't do it this week because the Chiefs are just really good. But at the same time. I don't know if you guys seen Derek Carr in his press conference. He went in and he was like, yeah, I knew it was going to be my last time playing the Broncos in the black hole. I got choked up a little bit. I've never cried over football. I just think that all these um, division games where I guess this week coming up, uh, Raiders are seven and a half point dogs at home. Last game against Kansas City in the black hole. Maybe this is a nice little emotional thing. I know Mm -hmm. that point, that um, spread went down two points since I looked on Tuesday. So, and, yeah, just something like that. And I got to say, man, props to John because, you know, we were kind of picking on him after yeah. all the A-B drama you know, going on with, you know, even even before today's news, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Right. Uh, More drama. We were kind of picking at John like, oh, man, like, A-B just got released, man. You still good with that pick And John was like, eh, we'll see. And let me tell you something. I did not think for a second the Raiders were losing that game. They went up early, and up, they looked like a competent, complete right. Football team, they man. don't they don't look like a rollover anymore. No, not which at is all. which again maybe it was the hard knocks viewing that I did, but I got the vibe that they were just not a team to be messed around with. Again, we're talking one of the best teams in the NFL, perhaps not, but you know it remains to be seen what they could do moving forward. I for I personally think that they're going to do well. And Dean, to mention, so you said the the spread went down two points. It's it was seven and a half again when I did my show notes. It's now at plus seven. So I guess a lot of people are, are wow. taking the Raiders right now. Yeah, and I think I think that is just a nice indication of the fact that the public realizes that this is the last. Maybe you know, betters love to get teams on motivation, and I think this is a maximum motivation game right here for the Raiders. Last time they're playing the Chiefs, which is their biggest rival in their building. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to, to see a nice emotional performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I know in our yeah. Super Contest we have locked lines, so I believe it's at nine and a half. That's mm-hmm. maybe something I'm going to take a deeper look into. Sure. So my last John asks. Now this is something I I, I scoured the depths of the internet for this one. By depths of the internet, I mean Bleacher Report. Now Bleacher Report put out a statement uh, of some kind that showed that someone on Caesar Sportsbook put four thousand dollars okay. on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl at one hundred to one odds for a payoff of four hundred thousand dollars. Ridiculous, I think mm. it sounds to, to a lot of people. Now, the, I looked at the DraftKings odds. The same 101 odds goes to the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Giants, or the Buccaneers. So out of those four teams and the Bills, I want you guys real quick to dig deep down and make a case for one of those teams oh winning the Super Bowl. Well, l- let me let me start this one off. First of all, in the, in the gambling uh, world, a $4,000 bet, that's usually not someone who... You know, it's not it's not someone here like so, not someone three. at this table. Yeah, it's usually Certainly. someone who has a bankroll of like two hundred k or right. so. Mm-hmm. Um, the four thousand probably a Bills fan. I must say, have to I, say honestly, maybe not because the, out okay. of those teams that you named at a hundred to one odds, I'm going to blow everyone's mind. The Bills actually have the best chance out of those four. Wow! Teams. And here's I why. I actually agree with that. The Patriots, okay. yep. the, the Patriots, and the Bills are in the same division. Have the easiest schedule adjusted for power rankings 
in the NFL. So that means that the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins also have a very easy schedule. So schedule alone, I mean, I could see. So really, when you let me take a step back. If you look at those four teams and say, or four or five teams, uh-huh. and you say, who, in order to win the Super Bowl, you have to make the playoffs. And I think out of those teams, the Bills have the best chance of making the playoffs because of that reason. Even with the Patriots most likely taking the division crown. Yes, because because it, let's just say if they right. split with the Patriots and they they already beat the Jets at home, they got a little a nice little fluky gimme because Carrie Vedvik can't find in between the cross um, the field goal posts. Um, of course, as a Jets kicker that is now unemployed who missed a field goal an extra point while I had the over. I'm a little bit sour about that, but anyway. Um, I think that the Bills get to play the Dolphins twice, so that's two wins. They get to play the Jets again. If they could beat the Jets, that's a, that's four divisional wins. Sure. And then if they split with the Patriots or even go 0-2, that's 4-2 and in their division, and they have some easy out-of-conference games. Well, I really think that I can see the Bills, and this is being very generous, 9-7, and 10-6, and weasel into the playoffs, and then maybe and get making a Super Bowl run, of course. Out of, out of those teams. Again, though. all speculation. Yeah. And they and they play Zach and I's uh, New York Giants this week, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're horrible. <laughs> All right. Needless All right. to say. They're not but, horrible. The defense is horrible. Let's, let's stick on. So who do you think, Zach? Who's got the, the best odds I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Defense wins championships. Out of all the teams that you listed, the Buffalo Bills have a wow. competent defense. Okay. So uh, out of all the teams that you mentioned, I would also agree with Dean. The Bills have the, the best shot. I will say, as good as their defense is, their offense needs to st- uh, step it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the QB has a little bit of a turnover issue, as you can tell. It's a, honestly a blessing they won that game. They're very lucky that mostly went down with that groin injury. It changed the whole landscape of the game. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I, I mentioned it week one on our first podcast, Defense Wins Championships. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I will reiterate that. If there's any team out of those two, out of the four that you mentioned, yep. uh, the Buffalo Bills is going to be your, your best bet. Yep. It's great that you mentioned C.J. Mosley because I have more about that in a, uh, coming up later in the pod. Great. So let's move on. Thank you, guys. This has been John Asks. <laughs> we'll come up with some more questions about stuff in the news, you know, as we, as we move along. But I think this is a fun way of, uh, you know, yep. you know, just, just getting, getting our thoughts going for some of these teams. Mm-hmm. Let's go into, again, the marquee aspect of this show, the Big Bank. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. And we're going to recap what we took. You know, I have mm-hmm. a couple of wins I'd like to, you know, pat myself on the shoulders about. <laughs> and then, of course... Yes. Go into our weekly picks mm-hmm. for week two. Yeah. So um, I can start us off if go that's okay. It. I would just like to say, yeah. <laughs> John, rightfully so, you get to go first. You were the creme de la creme. You yeah. are the victor. Tip of the top, You won baby. money. You put money into your pocket, which is... There you go. That, that's, again, victory is guaranteed. And I was yeah. at a 75% this week. Nice. Um, you know, so so I'll certainly take that to the bank. We we talked a little bit about, you know, I had the Raiders uh, money line. Um, that, that was a nice little victory, considering all the news and all the drama that was happening yeah. around the team. That was very comfortable. Um, I had the... In fact, a lot of us had the Cardinals... Game. I think all of mm-hmm. us had the Cardinals. Dean, had, you had money line, and uh, Zach and I took the Cardinals yeah. plus two and a half points. Throw an asterisk on that money line. But, sure, but. sure. <laughs> so, so the result of that game, yeah, of so course, was a tie. Let's talk a little bit yeah. about that Cardinals game, man. Sure. Yeah. So, so let me, let me actually start this one off because I've yeah. had this bet standing since like the middle of July. So I must <laughs> say one thing, and uh, listening back to my own voice, very self-indulged. I'm basically in psychosis, but I will say this. <laughs> I listened back, and I remember, so specifically for my big bank notes, I had Cardinals two and a half, but I had mentioned that I placed a bet on the money line way back in July, mm-hmm. so I got misconstrued as the money line, and I said, if you guys remember, if the if the big Dean heads out there remember, <laughs> I, I hesitated and said, yeah, sure. 
So I threw that in, and that's why I went 0-2-1. You hear one. that, guys? I'm... All two of you Dean heads. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one shout-out to my girlfriend who was listening. Um, <laughs> so now I am holding the Gay Pride Mickey on my lap because I went 0-2-1. But I, I must say, you know what? The Cardinals, it, it, if anyone watched that overtime... But a Baker, I believe, safety mm-hmm. on the Cardinals had yeah. a Matthew Stafford put one right in his stomach. He could have caught it, and they would have kicked the field goal, game over. Yep. And for some reason, he just boobied it. So yep. I was not destined to make money. So, God was punishing me, <laughs> and I accept that. So I have a question for you guys. Yeah. I mean, what is our consensus on Kyler Murray? Oof. Because, like. He led a fourth quarter comeback, but I think for mm-hmm. three quarters he looked kind of stagnant. He looked horrible. And yeah, I truly feel like we were advertised as this air raid offense, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it came together in the fourth quarter a little bit, but there's nothing I saw that impressed me. Yeah, I I think that this is an offense. This is a new, um, you know, obviously new quarterback and coach that will need. I think a lot of weeks, maybe a full season, to really get what they want in their game plan to work well on the field. Mm-hmm. Against what I think is still a subpar Lions team with, yep. with, with not the most talented of rosters, mm-hmm. they were able to execute this quote-unquote comeback. Now, I have, it's not going to come easy to them, though, for the me, future. Let me like say this, did. and I'll let you transition sure. to this, Dean, yeah. sure. because you are quoted on our last podcast saying that this is a awful garbage Detroit Lions team uh, who Matt Patricia is going to be fired. And I'll be honest, and I will be honest with you, minus the fourth quarter collapse, which I feel like was very typical Lions, Mm -hmm. I would actually go off to say that if we take away the fourth quarter, Lions actually look pretty impressive. So so let me respond to that first and foremost. I will say they they got bailed out by their quarterback play, who you know undisputed Matthew Stafford is like a middle of the pack. Like if we had to say a top ten quarterback listing uh, on every single year that he was in the league, he'd probably be like eleven or twelve. Yeah, like he's a, he's an above average quarterback, but never in that that first. It's a great assessment. So I so agree. I really think that um, a lot of that Zach of them looking impressive is due to Matt Stafford and the defense, who they have some players. Matt Patricia, defensive guy, we we all know that. The one thing I will say is for the long-term success of the Lions, they don't run the ball enough. Carryon Johnson is a certifiable stud, and for some reason they were trotting out fat-ass uh, C.J. Anderson. I have no idea why. <laughs> I have nothing wrong with the fat people. I identify with them, Dean. Dude, uh, so it really us, hurts my feelings. No, I think all three of us here. But, but, but I know. think one of those things is uh, I would love to see the combined weight of the people on this podcast. But anyway. You don't want to see that, yeah, guys? I don't want to see that's, that. That's a bet I love we're living in denial. As I'm Put it open. this way. Take the over. <laughs> but all, all bad bodies but. aside, I mean, C.J. Anderson's in the Hall of Fame of bad bodies. Right. But I, I will say this one thing is that I think Matthew Stafford, the reason why that separates him from being an all-time great to just a above-average quarterback in a high-passing era is basically the fact that he is very inconsistent. And like, like we were saying about Jameis Winston last week, is that when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's horrible. So let me step in here because <laughs> oh I unfortunately predicted my own fate. Also in the last podcast, if you listened, I believe my quote was, Jameis Winston is Jekyll and Hyde. He could throw a bunch mm-hmm. of touchdowns, or specifically, I said three interceptions. Well, guess who I had in the big bank, and guess who threw three interceptions, right. two of which were in my pick six. Yeah, I digress. I go can't on, believe that. There we go. Yeah, so, so uh, addressing your question about the Cardinal season one, right. um, in order for them to go over the five games that I had mentioned in our first episode, they needed to win that game. I can't believe that they didn't win that game, but they really needed to win that game. And yeah. honestly, like you know, what? you throw the whole bet out now. But 
I must say the handicap still remains that they have five out of eight home games in the front half of the season. I think Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury were figuring things out on the first drive or first three quarters of the game. I definitely think, and this may surprise some people because, like we were saying off the top, week one, people overreact yep. into week two. I think people are donning mm-hmm. the Ravens as 16-0, and 15-1. Right. I, you know what? Not going to name any names, but I've heard a bunch of people name five or six teams that are going to go 16-0. Mm-hmm. Guys, it doesn't happen. Let's not overreact. And I, yep. that harkens back to what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Friends don't let friends be square. If you yep. hear someone saying the Ravens are going to go 16-0, please knock them down a peg. <laughs> the Cardinals are actually not that bad. They are on the road. Tough test. They're definitely not going to win. I don't even know if they're going to cover. But I will say that they figured out some things and they have some building blocks moving forward. Sure. Now, I'd like to talk about one more thing that we both discussed. And Dean brought up. And he was correct, which I don't know why the hell, collectively, we didn't follow his advice when we said it on our own podcast, is fade the new. Yeah. And Dean, can you tell us what the record was for new head coaches in the NFL? I believe, um, take so Matt LaFleur was the only he- new head coach that won a game. That's, and um, That's crazy. Aside, so Matt La- adding in Matt LaFleur, they were 1-7-1. and one. Wow. New head coaches straight there up. There was nine wow. new head coaches. Yeah, this yep. was this was a big year for new head and, coaches, and that's a part of my handicap of saying that like certain guys are going to go one and done because yeah. like the Jets need the the Dolphins need a coach, which we're going to talk about the Dolphins soon. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins need a coach, and the, there was just no candidates around. It's you and know, f- funny enough, with the new head coaches, I think the best new head coach out of all of them was probably Zach Taylor putting up a good fight on, yeah, against he, the Seahawks. Very, very wow. and and it was a yeah, loss. John, you know, so, yeah. Let's get back to you, John. So go ahead. What was so your- yeah, so yeah. We're, let me let me cover the rest of uh, you know. We'll just go real quick and see who who else on the big bets we want to cover. I know that you know I took a big loss you know in some ways with the Seahawks giving eight and a half points, and I gotta credit the you know the Bengals Zach Taylor, Andy Dalton who had a career high yardage game four hundred I believe four hundred eighteen I believe it was four hundred his something career like that. high passing yards. I was impressed as hell with the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Did That's something you know I would what? not expect to be saying. This I year. thought that they were gonna fall fall off a cliff after the first drive. I believe. Tyler Boyd got six catches or five catches on the first drive. I thought they were going to fall off a cliff, but John Ross and uh, Dude. Gio oh, Bernard yeah. and Joe Mixon and Andy Dalton just kept them alive. Gun to local, my head, local fantasy if you would have read me the score of the Ravens-Dolphins game and the Cincinnati Bengals-Seattle game, I would have told you it was vice versa. I would have said, oh, yep. yeah, definitely. Really? Since yeah. he got killed. Yeah, that makes sense. Miami somehow yeah. hung in there because, honestly, I was all on board. I was like, at yeah. the end of your podcast, you mentioned, oh, yeah, yeah Dolphins plus 240 money line. Yeah, would you, you be surprised know. if his yeah. magic went off? And I was like, you know what? No, he's a magician. Wow, yeah, good point. Right. So I was, like, shocked since right. he hung in there. Very impressed, Bengals fans. You should be proud of, you know, where your team is headed. In fact, this week, they are one-and-a-half-point favorites over the San Francisco 49ers, a team that just came off of a win. So, again, could be an overreaction. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that if we need to, if someone's taking that sure. game. Yeah. Any, anything else you guys want to address about so, last yeah. week's so Big I'll, Bank, or should we just go into I'll, I'll just week do two. a quick recap yeah. of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants homer. You guys saw I took Giants plus seven. I actually wound up cashing out my plus seven bet yeah. to take it at seven and a half because I'm like, yeah, I'm that not, confident. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and obviously I was. Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't think the offense would be a problem. And quite frankly, aside from a couple terrible third and one, fourth and one calls, not running with Barkley, the offense looked pretty competent. If Daniel Jones 
didn't, you know, fumble that last one. They could have probably kept it within seven yeah. if they went for two Perhaps, yeah. and yeah. saved me at mm-hmm. the seven and a half. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think the defense would be this putrid. Yeah. This was actually yeah. shocking to me. I thought their defense would be bad. I actually said it in the last podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did not expect it of, like, levels of Randall Cobb and yeah. Cooper and <laughs> running down the middle of the field Every uncovered. Hilarious. I'm going to go shout out to my dad at our fantasy draft in the last three rounds. My dad literally shouted out loud, Someone draft Witten in the 16th round, you're guaranteed a touchdown week one. And yeah. by golly, I can't go figure what's as the, fucking what's old the as time. I think Witten has scored every time he's played the Giants. I'm not even joking. I wouldn't I be surprised. Like, I'm sure there's one or two games I, he hasn't. I'm 90% but sure that he has scored he, in every I, single if game. If he is not the, the leading touchdown scorer against the New York Giants, I would be absolutely shocked. You That, that stat I do know is true, is Jason Witten has scored the most touchdowns against yep. the Giants compared to any other team. Yeah. So that was my bad. Once again, I apologize to everyone. Did not think the Giants. I, defense I think was with that the Giants secret. moving forward, and again, you don't want to overreact. This is, you know, I got to speak on on my home team. Is that I I think the Giants' offense is poised to put up more points than seventeen with game script. They couldn't yep. really give Saquon the ball more. I just think. This is probably a team that you could probably bet the over on because this defense I is a sieve the same, yeah. and, the, and the other team yeah. is going to score. I'm telling you right now, I'm confident in saying the Giants are going to pull off some upsets this year. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're going to lose a lot of games that they're supposed to because their defense is so putrid. Right. Expect a lot of heartbreaking losses. Moving go. on, Tampa Bay, I kind of discussed previously, we got the terrible version of Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it showed that. Yeah, the hide oh, version. Here, here it is. And uh, the coach really couldn't fix him, I guess. Once again, it could be overreaction to yeah. week one. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, Tampa Bay, oof. But that being said, if you take away the two pick sixes, yeah. San Francisco only scored 17 points on offense. I'm going to say two things about that game. One, um, I think that it's too, it's too early to tell if Winston's good or bad. Like Zach said, it's Jekyll and Hyde, so we're going to get um, Dr. Jekyll coming up pretty soon. Yep. I actually... I, I'm doing a thing called a spare change parlay, and I actually threw bucks plus seven and a half in one of mine now because let me, uh, I, I'm, I'm banging on a Winston bounce back. Let me ask you guys, just like we said Fitzpatrick last week, would you be surprised if Tampa Bay goes into Carolina and Winston throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns next I, week? I will say, I would T- pick... Tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. pick the Bucks money line if Gerald McCoy wasn't in, factored in. It's Gerald McCoy revenge game. They absolutely screwed him. He's a defense tackle, very good, probably top five in the NFL. I think that he's going to have a inspired performance. I think the Carolina defense shows up okay. galvanized around him. But taking that out of context, I really think it's too early to tell on the Winston project. Um, like like you said, the pick six has really killed them. Um, I think it's more Beautiful. of a credit. Uh, honestly, and I know this, this might be laughed out of the room, uh, especially by John, I think the credit goes more towards the San Francisco defense than it does the Tampa Bay ineptitude. I don't Mainly think because that's too much of a reach because, honestly, the front four They have the three Niners defense are, alignment yeah. picked in the top ten. You got, yeah. what, like Bosa? Buckner, Bosa, and Solomon. Yep. Oh, Solomon Thomas, right? The corner's a little bit of a mystery, but Sherman just showed he's no That defense has improved. I'll give them that credit. Um, and they also, I think the stat was that they had all of, I think they had two interceptions as a team last year. And of yeah. course they eclipsed that in one game. Well, Really? The Niners? That's, that's a stat, on. We have, yeah. to, we have to talk about We have to talk about that, though. Because, yeah. the, so a lot of times you hear stats and they come out of nowhere and you're like, wow, the Niners suck. But then you really have to break that down. They played without a quarterback for, for 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's complimentary football, right? So you really think about it like this. Alabama has the best defense in the in college football, right? Taking another thing. 
Yeah, well, it's because their offense beats beats the crap out of the other team, and then they're on the field the whole game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's something like that where you have to look at complementary. I think it's because the, the 49ers had no ball control. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the Niners' defense were yeah. on the field longer, getting more tired. I will say I wanted to address the, the Witten stat that we were talking about. The uh, winning ticket stat boys brought me this one. Jason Witten has 140, 154, 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns in 30 career games against the Giants. Wow. So half the games he's played, he's his Hall of Fame down. status is only against but, the Giants. Uh, and just going back to the Tampa game, going back to the Tampa game, I'm just yeah, going to throw up the fact that, that Bruce Arians was staring over at that sidelines. He called saw Kyle Shanahan and how handsome he was, <laughs> and he just couldn't resist. He's like, "Gosh darn, that coach is yeah. so darn handsome. Let's just give him his team the is win." Is he the hottest coach in the NFL? Sean McVay gives him a very close run, <laughs> and I'm actually going to say, "All right, here we go, guys." <laughs> Here are the ones who, who is comfortable with ourselves. Here we go. <laughs> who is the hottest coach in the NFL? Your top three. We have Kyle Shanahan, we have Sean McVay, and Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going to oh, go with yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. He's the new guy. He's wow. new meat in the NFL. Everyone's staring at him. He's Everyone like, knows new damn, meat. Damn, he's young. He's new. Haven't seen him before. He's hot. Dean, who we, you got? We are. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go McVay, and only because he is a literal savant when it comes to football. And let me just say, as a disclaimer, uh, two of us are engaged, and one of us is a long-time girlfriend. Um, once again, shout out the girlfriend again. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's Sean McVay. I mean, look at him. Yeah. He looks a little beady-eyed, though. But you know what? I, I'm done with that. He's hot. Go so, ahead, John. I'm gonna Jones. say. I'm gonna say before we move on. Uh, my hottest is uh, Bill Belichick. Why? Because there's nothing hotter than winning, baby. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, Great just point. To, just really quickly. Uh, I know that we're probably let's, running let's, over on time. Let's talk so, about real quick, Dean. Anything you want to atone for your big bank last yeah, week? Yeah, I was going to give my stats really quick. Gonna, As I mentioned off the top, through. I'm 0 and one. Um, I had. The um, I had the Cardinals money line as as you heard. Um, mm-hmm. I got kind of pushed into it a little bit. I also had the Steelers plus five and a half. I think it was a pretty public um, five and a half. You know what it was? I got I got, fell in love with the number, not so much the handicap of the actual team. I didn't figure out that they would um, come out and roll a complete dud. And then of course, as you guys know, I had the over in uh, Jets and Bills. Pick six in the first quarter, missed extra point. Okay, fine. Game, like, completely halted. And then um, there was a late Bills comeback. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. Mm-hmm. I believe the game total, if Vedvik made all of his kicks, would, have hit. would be about 30. No, it would okay. be about 38. Okay. Not 30. Um, the game total was about, uh, I think it was 33. It's a good line. And, um, yeah, Vedvik made his kicks mm-hmm. 37, I think. Sure. But more specifically, though, Vedvik made his kicks. It's 7 nothing, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of fires the Bills up a little bit more. Sure. Maybe they go for it instead of kicking a field goal and get it. You it, know. it could change the I'm speculating a lot, but right? I'm, I'm, I was only 3 points away. Right. I'm going to count those extra points as next time I handicap a game, that's going to be a given. Sure. But, yeah, I should have factored in the fact that they just didn't have a kicker. I agree too that the no one. I don't think anyone saw the Patriots blowing out the Steelers. I thought it was Dude, a much closer game. The Patriots. I mean, like you always know the Patriots are going to be good, mm-hmm. but that game, man, they looked unstoppable. And I know we're talking about Week One overreactions. We talked spoke a little bit about this last week, but dude, oh my God, their offense looks dynamic. Their defense looks strong. I mean, Super Bowl bound and again. Once again, if Antonio Brown <laughs> is uh, permitted to play this week, uh, let's say hypothetical that everything gets what are the cleared. the rest of the season for that matter? Uh, he's playing the next 15 games. 
who is stopping the New England Patriots? That's Dude, a, that's I, a great question I to, that, to ponder. I believe in this week's Big Bank, I believe we're going head-to-head on the Patriots. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's jump let's right into Let's get to it. that. Now, John, as yeah. the winner, you get to give us your first pick. So oh, my first go. pick. Let's okay. do this. You this start. one's going to be, I'm going to go quickly on this one and let you guys talk about the Patriots. I'm taking the Cowboys at the Redskins. Ugh. I think this is the easiest money to get. They looked like dynamite against the Giants. They were my you know early season Super Bowl pick for you guys looking for a good odds to take. Okay, they're plus... Uh, I'm sorry, minus five and a half um, as it stands. Uh, minus 110, of course. And they're minus 240 money line. The money line might be a little, little too high for me. Yeah. I would have liked it closer to 200 if possible. Um, so I am going to, uh, I'm going to put an entire unit on the minus five and a half. I understand that the Redskins, let me let me speak on them for a minute. You guys, Redskins fans, your team did a good job at keeping the Eagles on the ropes for about I a half there. they were going to win. Really, they, looked, they did look pretty good. Um, McLaurin seems like a good fit for, for Case Keenum. Okay, they lost Darius Geis, but he didn't really have a good game last week. Anyway, they're going to start Adrian Peterson. I just think the Cowboys, after giving the Giants the shellacking of week one, you know, which, if you think about it, take out the Ravens-Dolphins game, that probably, and, and, and I guess Steelers and Patriots, but that would probably stand out as probably one of the worst blowouts of the week. Yeah, it was a blowout. Okay, I think the Cowboys are riding high. They get another week of Zeke playing in the system, coming back to, to, to practice. I just... I think for minus five and a half, it's less than a touchdown. I think this is a no-brainer, easy take. I would take this one immediately. All right. So here I go. John, that was, uh, was good. I hate the Cowboys, but <laughs> can't argue with money. So this week, I'm going to do similar to what you guys did last week. I'm actually going to have one two-unit play, which I'm going to save for last. I'm two half-unit plays. Great. So my first half-unit play, this is probably the game that is being most talked about. This is New England versus Miami. Wow. So I was looking at this game, and I believe I even texted you guys both. Man, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Then I kind of did some digging here. All right, the last 10 games, a team was favored by 14 points or more over the last 10 seasons in the NFL. They are 10-1 straight, but they're 4-7 and seven at the spread. So for that reason, yeah. I, I... Listen, that's interesting. I, this is going to sound kind of uneducated, I just feel like 19 points to an NFL team is way too much. You're giving up more than two touchdowns and a field goal. On top of that, this is Belichick's predecessor, right? So this is somebody who Belichick is not going to be out to run the score up on or embarrass. With that being said, Brady also has an unfavorable record in Miami. Mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking. Patriots looked unstoppable. I literally just said that. This is why I'm putting a half unit on it. I'm not saying I'm 100% confident in it. I'm just saying for the point of this contest, I like the idea of getting 19 points at kickoff. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins could go down the field and score seven right away, and we're looking at 26 points that the Patriots have to make up. For that reason, I just feel like this is all professional athletes. Week one, they got embarrassed. Miami's going to be looking to bounce back. Honestly, can't really talk too highly about their defensive efforts, obviously, after losing by 49 points. Their offensive efforts, um, they had a couple of decent plays. I know Fitzpatrick got benched at the end of the game for Rosen. Uh, Devontae Parker had an amazing catch. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which means absolutely nothing in the terms of gambling. <laughs> it was very fun to look at, though. Yep. Um, but that is the reason why I, I think it's worth it to risk the half unit. 
on that plus 19. All right, guys. I, th- I think this is the first of the year. I think me and Zach are going head to head. We're going head to head, guys. Right. So so let's push it. Um, of course, uh, if you weren't if you were asleep during it, uh, me and Zach are both wagering. Uh, you said a half unit. I'm, I'm going to half unit. unit. All right, so, so how that'll work is that if mm-hmm. I lose, you will get a half unit of mine to play with next week. All right, so I'm taking Perfect. a – guys, I'm going to take a half unit from Zach, and here's why. Um, Zach, I, the stat that you brought up was immaculate, and actually it's going to sound like I'm handicapping for the Dolphins. New England was the – so in the history of the NFL, there were, have only been 13 17-point spreads in the modern era. The Patriots had seven of them. Wow. Belichick is 2-5 and five against a 17 17- – uh, point spread or larger. Well, I um, like my odds. In that. <laughs> All 17 point spreads are 4 8 and 1 against the spread cover, right? So you might be thinking, oh, yeah, I back Zach. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and bet that. I'll tell you what. Based on my own rankings, New England is number two in the NFL. Miami is number 32. Miami's in tank mode. Here's the thing I love motivation as a better. Miami, multiple players, multiple veterans asked to be traded after the game. Um, you had mentioned his predecessors, Brian Flores. Uh, honestly, he didn't deserve to be a head coach. It just so happened that there were so many teams that had head coaching vacancies, and Mike McCarthy didn't pick any of them, that they just went and um, went and scalped the best coach off the, the winning team. So I don't think Brian Flores deserves to be a head coach. So many players are giving up on him, and also the Patriots are very good, as you guys know. So I will say one thing, too. Last time there was a 17-point dog. Um, that was the Bills at Minnesota. Uh, yeah, the, the fumbling, was. The fumbling <laughs> Kirk Cousins came out to play that day. Um, but I will, I must say one thing, though. That was Josh Allen's second start of his career. He was the little bit of the spark that they needed. They won outright. I must say the Dolphins used all their sparks. They already put in Josh Rosen in the first game. They have nothing they new to unveil. They were getting blown out, Dean. What no, do you expect? You, I expect them to stay with their starting quarterback because you could leave Josh Rosen in your pocket as the nice little spark to galvanize the team. Just like I don't agree with the Giants putting in Daniel Jones. I know it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You have to save something for the film room. You can't just show your entire load, and e- even in a losing effort. I think the Dolphins are completely lost. Um, you had it at 19, you said? 19. I, I had it earlier at 17 and a half. I mean, I think for our gentleman's bet, can we meet halfway in the middle at 18? No, nope. I'm going 19. That's what it's at. DraftKings right now. Hold on, then. The FanDuel has it out different, then. Let's see okay. it. Pull it up. So in the meantime, while this he looks good. that up, John, go ahead. <laughs> Zach, I love you with all my heart. You're you're fucking crazy. There is no way. Eighteen and a half. There is no way. I'll take eighteen and a half. That to me makes no. There we go. Yeah, there's no hope. We'll put we'll put that on on the social medias too. There is no way. The Dolphins team that just lost by forty nine to what is a very good Ravens team, but I don't think by any means. uh, They are a top ten team, but they're not the de facto best team in the league you there's no think, way right. there's no way that the no. and the Patriots just dropped 33 on a very good steal at least what I thought was a very good Steelers team there's no way so this, the Dolphins are covering this argument this. is going to go after it's going to be 21 nothing this with is like this with is like going to go left in the first quarter my last uh, <laughs> actual my last pick for the big bank but don't you think there's any credence in the fact that he was on the staff last year no. no, mainly because he doesn't deserve to be there. Just like Steve Wilkes, I, I get what you're years, thinking, but I, I don't, I don't see it. Steve Wilkes here. last year was the defense coordinator of the Panthers. It was one of the same exact scenario that there was no head coaching candidates around, and the Cardinals needed a coach, so they signed, they signed Steve Wilkes. He legitimately was in way over his head. Same thing with Brian Flores. Guys, this I opened. Don't, I don't trust him. This opened at four. 
nineteen. I'm and it I'm so upset I didn't take it there. Nineteen. Because well, every because everyone just sees it. There's just. I mean, I, I just can't imagine. It's not even. I'll give even credit if the Dolphins can somehow put another ten points on the board. I just don't think this is a Patriots offense that's gonna. They're looking to make a statement. They wanna. They wanna build on the the good juju they've gotten against the Steelers. I just think this is this is a no brainer. They they hit them hard. This is not one of those miracle at Miami kind of games. This well, is just a superior team versus a very very inferior well, team. I, I mean, for, for, for the sake of repeating myself, I, I think it's the same thing. I think it's just it's such a disparity, and I think the thing that really got me to take the hook. And you know, I'll play the square roll. I, I have no problem doing that right now. I'll tell you what. I think it's the give up factor. The fact that these veterans want to leave Miami, that no one wants to put their their life and career on the line. You think about like the the guys like Xavier Howard, who's actually a very good cornerback. And guys like that, they don't want to get hit. They don't want to get hurt for Brian Flores. I mean, I think it's one of those things where the Patriots are going to do whatever they want. And, and uh, let me just say this. If the Dolphins cover, it will be because Belichick decided that they can. Uh, my rebuttal will be this. If this was week 8, 9, 10, 11, I understand. This is week 2. There are 15 yeah. games left in this season. You think Miami's going to roll over and die? No, because at the end of the day, their agents could say whatever the hell they want. They could try and get traded. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's not realistic. Not everybody is Antonio Brown and has the star power to be able to, you know, bash your team and act like a fool to get off of it. These people are playing for pride. This is the careers. At the end of the day, there's going to be film on them, right? That's what you hear Mm -hmm. about everybody talking about when they're playing for a contract. There's film on you no matter what you do. And these Miami Dolphin players, they still have something to play for. It's called pride. And for that reason, 19 points. This isn't the NCAA, all right, guys? This is professional football. This is the NFL. I think Miami goes out after being completely embarrassed by the Ravens. They put up a fight. Yeah. Two games at home, too. No way in hell they're going to win. Let's no, be real. Fair here, point. Right? You, you kind of outmatched me in handicapping, but I guess it's uh, we already shook on it, so let's... Let's see, let's see what so happens. So, I have fun. it at 19, but me and Dean's gentleman bet I'm giving him 18 and a half. Let's be honest here. This is just pretty much quite literally a gamble for me. But you know what? I just like the fact 19 points in a professional football game is insane. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you yep. what's not insane. And here is, you know, this is one that I have a lot of stats. So, you guys might want to buckle up for this one. I have the Bears pick them. And this is one that I circled ever since they lost. And they put up a dud offensively week one in the NFL. And that was against the Green Bay Packers at home, come out completely flat. Mitchell Trubisky clearly cannot skip preseason games. He is actually really bad. And there's a, there's a little side thing. A shout-out to Joe and Mikey, our, our previous uh, winning ticket panelists, now um, Stat Boys, social media boys. But I will say one thing. Everyone expects all the quarterbacks to progress, and no one ever talks about the quarterbacks that don't pan out. Uh, it looked like Mitchell Trubisky wasn't going to pan out. But I'll tell you what. He's not as bad as what he showed on Thursday Night Football. The Packers don't have a good defense. I'll get into that later. It was just the fact that Trubisky did not have snaps with the center that he was taking the snaps from. What the hell is that? You you don't think that you need to practice that? I digress. It was now what we're getting this week is extra rest versus great defense versus bad offense. Right? So Trubisky and the Bears, I trust their offense against the Broncos defense more than I trust the Broncos offense against the Bears defense. If you follow me there. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna give you some stats about mile high. Only only factor is the Broncos are 7-0 and at mile high in September since the since the Peyton Manning era ended. So it's tough for the road teams to come in, wow. play in lack of oxygen. Um, there were a couple ones where it was, it was October 1st, okay. but I, I counted that in. Okay. Right? It's hard for the road teams to come in and play with lack of oxygen and do all like the, the horizontal yeah. stretches and things like that. I must say the one thing that dissuade this, though, 
Matt Nagy was on the Chiefs. He was the Chiefs were three and zero in Mile High in that game in that span, or just in general playing at Mile High. Matt Nagy and the Chiefs. He had their offense prepared for that, and that was with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. I think Trubisky is a little bit more talented than Alex Smith. I like Matt Nagy preparing his team against their old defensive coordinator in their own building. I have a half unit on Bears pick them. Wow. So let me okay. jump in on this. So, Dean, when did you lock that in? Because I also have the Bears, but I have today's line. What, what's today's line? So yeah. I have Bears minus two and a half. At two and a half. Wow. Um, I got it on on Tuesday, like early Tuesday, but I, I'll I'll do two and, and a half. And this is DraftKings, right? Zach? This is DraftKings. Because yeah. just to be fair to the listener, let's be real here. They're going to be listening to this tomorrow. Yeah, they're not. You, you guys aren't going to see a a pickem. So line even though out you there. have it locked in at a pickem oh, for for the big bank, I'll, I'll take two and a half with okay. you. Okay. So I also have Bears at two and a half, and I was going to wait till last, but since it's been brought up, this is going to be my two unit play this wow. week. All right. Okay. I am that confident on the Bears. It's funny because I had this argument with my brother. He told me he would hold my pet. He was that confident <laughs> the Broncos are going to win. Listen, listen to these stats here, all right? The Bears defense, which I've ranted and raved about since our first podcast, all right? They managed to held the Green Bay Packers. And you ask anybody off the street who watches the NFL what they think about the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they're going to tell you, oh, one of the best offenses in the league. Well, if you truly feel that way, guess what? Bears defense held them 203 passing yards. Aaron Rodgers. 203 passing yards only, all right? That's ridiculous. 47 rushing yards. Are you kidding me? Abysmal. What is that in today's NFL? Basically nothing. Yeah. We all watch the game, right? We can all agree. I was furious. I bet the Bears. I put my actual money on the Bears. And you know what? Mitch Trubisky looked like a pile of fucking shit, for lack of a better term. I'm sorry. No, I think that's his... That's a ceiling. Yeah. This was a lot of decorum yes. that and you said. In my that. notes, I literally put, and you can literally see that here. Dean, I want you to read. What does that say right there? Battle of the Schmucks. Battle of the Schmucks. <laughs> it's a battle of the Schmucks here Trubisky on the winning ticket podcast. And Joe Flacco. Listen, Bears just lost an absolute heartbreaker at home, which, quite frankly, I believe they had no business losing. They had all the, like, they're deep. You hold the Packers to 10 points, you deserve to win a game. They had, you know, five sacks. Nine tackles for a loss. You're telling me against a Broncos offense that had gave up three sacks, the friggin' Raiders? Like, to me, that's an absolute joke. Also, another handicap here, let's look at the rest days. The Bears are coming off three mm-hmm. extra days of rest oh, yeah. compared to the Broncos. I just think this is a no-brainer. Two and a half, three, four, whatever. I quite frankly believe this is going to be an absolute blowout. Nagy's out there to prove a point that the Bears are a force to be reckoned with. Joe Flacco's offense doesn't scare me. Von Miller didn't look that good that you know in this game. I just feel like Denver D gave up 259 passing yards, 98 yards rushing to the Raiders, who were expected to be one of the lower-tier teams in the league. I'm sorry. Take away home field advantage. This is no competition. The Bears had to pick them. I wish. I would have put 10 <laughs> units on that. <laughs> Minus 2.5. It's a no-brainer. Take it right now. This is my lock of the week, guys. Get on this lock before it, it goes up. I'm 100% confident on this. Bet the Bears. Yeah, also, um, I just wanted to mention, because I, I seem to be the total guy here, um, the fact that we had mentioned that Trubisky looks bad and also that Flacco looks bad, and they, both teams have really good defenses. Also, like the under at 40 and a half. Don't have anything on it for Big Bang, but in real life, I have... Um, How could you even that. say Denver's a good defense after what they just gave up, man? Nothing against well, the Raiders. Well, at the same time, they were able to 24 points. 
And 24 points as opposed to 10 to the Packers. Dean, you absolutely no. hate the Packers. If the Vikings gave up only 10 points next week to the Packers, you would be sitting here fucking pounding your chest being like, oh, <laughs> well, Vikings defense, baby. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, more on that later because I would not be surprised. Yeah. John, go ahead. You guys ahead. really, I, listen, I didn't have Bears-Broncos on my radar, but now they, they squarely are. I couldn't have said it better myself. Bears is the pick. Um, I'm going to go back to the NFC East for my second big bank. Um, going back even to the to the uh, Vikings game, the Vikings made fools out of the Atlanta Falcons. And to be honest with you, throughout preseason, throughout the first game, there's just been... This is more about me fading the Falcons, even though the Eagles, too, you know, they came back in a good division game. They're only laying two points. I think that's... Wow. There must be a lot of believers in the Falcons because I just... And I don't see... I mean, anyone... Can anyone defend the Falcons right now for me? Am I, I, am I missing something? No, I, watched, I watched the whole game. Horrible. I watched the whole they game. It was horrible last week. I also have Philly with you, but uh, we have different lines. I'm, I'm noticing that. What is you? What is your uh, line? So draft our uh, FanDuel right now has it at uh, Philly minus one, and okay. I actually got it when I locked it in. It was Philly plus a half. So basically, pick them. I, I like to call okay. that pick them. Sure. But I, I, I must say one thing. I watched the entire Vikings game as I do every single week since I was uh, seven years old. Um, Atlanta's offensive line is horrible, yeah. and that was their only thing that they had to fix this offseason. Their offensive they line, invested in it too. They, they the had first, multiple draft picks. The first play of the game was a play action. Go figure. Play action, and seven Vikings were in the backfield. Matt Ryan never had a chance. Actually, the final score was twenty-eight to twelve. The Falcons did not start scoring until they took out their starters. The Vikings actually wow. did not have their starters in when Julio Jones scored his touchdown. It was. I cringe because it was the squarest thing ever. The guys that went and reached for Julio Jones got a touchdown out of it, while um, friggin' Holton Hill was covering him. That actually wow. bur- that burned me a little bit. But the Falcons basically got shot out to the Vikings, twenty-eight nothing. Vikings didn't even have to pass the ball; they only threw the mm-hmm. ball ten times. So um, the one thing I also have Philly. I got him. Uh, I mean, I'll go. I'll go ahead and concede with you. I'll go minus one because that's what I'm seeing on FanDuel right now. Sure. I'll go minus one, and it's mainly Atlanta Falcons horrible. It's a fade on them. I must say one thing, too, about the about the Eagles giving up 27 points to the no-name Redskins. Right. Um, Jim Schwartz actually said that um, blitzes equal wins. That's the thing that people were telling him. So because of that, the Eagles really didn't blitz last week, aside from two plays. One was a 42-yard touchdown to Terry McLaren, mm-hmm. and uh, the other one was going to be another touchdown, but McLaren, uh, or Case Keenum, overthrew him by like about 10 yards. I remember that. He's really not that good at football. Mm-hmm. So, um, honestly, I think that if Philly kind of reins themselves in to playing some good defense, I really see this being a cakewalk. Uh, the fact that they're only giving one. Um, different outs could give you different odds, as mm-hmm. we were discussing. You know, DraftKings might have it at two and a half. FanDuel might have it at one and a half. Other sports books, some weird ones, might have it at Pick'em or even Philly getting points. So definitely want to you want to shop around for that. But for the big bank, locking in Philly minus one at home Sunday Night Football. That's great, and I'm and I'm gonna take the Eagles money line too. That's gonna be my big bank. Don't forget the history between the Eagles and Falcons as of late in the playoffs. The Eagles got their number, you know, pretty easy. Yep. Um, so, so that's that's my that's my second pick. So, um, let's go into our last picks here, Dean. I know you could really help me out on this one. Um, I think that I look at the Vikings and the Packers. It's the first game at Lambeau. Um, Packers are coming off, you know, uh, a I would say a hard fought victory at Chicago. Probably a much harder fought victory than they anticipated. The Vikings again coming off a cakewalk. I would say against the Atlanta Falcons. 
And I just think that looking at both teams at where they are, it's a big risk, I think, to pick against the Packers at Lambeau. But I love what the Vikings are doing, and I think they could keep it up against the Packers, who they usually played pretty well, I think, over the past couple of seasons. Um, resident Vikings fan, I mean, tell me, is this I mean, is this a good pick if I, if I take the Vikings getting three points? Yeah, so it's funny. I actually have uh, the Vikings. Uh, I have one unit, Vikings getting a field goal. I had it early at three and a half. Um, that was, like, really early, like midnight on the day of the football games that ended last Sunday. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about this one. Vikings only played half their offense. There's no film on Cousins throwing the ball this year because he only threw ten times. Uh, astounding. And it's going to be more in this game for now, sure. Let me... I, I honestly don't believe that, though, because hold, really? hold on. Uh, sorry for that. Because, you know, I'll tell you what. The Vikings have um, Steven, uh, Kevin Stefanski calling the offense, but very little known fact and very little cover fact is that Gary Kubiak is sitting up in the booth. He is actually the offensive specialist. So Gary Kubiak is basically using Kevin Stefanski as a puppet. And it, this is the Gary Kubiak offense, which I must say, if you're in a fantasy league, go pick up Alexander Madison because I'll tell you what, in Gary Kubiak offenses, the running back has to carry the ball run, 420 run, times. Run. times. Yep. So last week, Dalvin Cook had 21 carries. Ran the ball into the ground. Kirk Cousins didn't need to do anything. And looked, and looked amazing, by the way. Dalvin yes. Cook. So now here's what I'll say about this. Is that the Packers don't have a great front seven. They have Kenny Clark. They lost Mike Daniels. They have Colin Fackerel, who's undersized at a linebacker. The Vikings offense, offensive line specifically, has improved greatly. They signed Josh Klein in the offseason. They have Gra- Gar- Gr- Bradbury. They look better running the football. I think that this is a real ball control and ground and pound type of game, which I really don't think Green Bay stacks up to that very well at all. Let me be the asshole here, Dean, and let me throw your quarterback under the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any concern at all knowing Kirk Cousins' record against winning teams? Yeah, it's fine because he won't have to throw. The The Green Bay defense does not have the front seven to stop Dalvin Cook and the other running backs running the football. So I don't say, think that Dalvin Cook will have to throw. they stack the box here and they're preventing the run game. Do you feel confident in Kirk Cousins going into a shootout? Yes, absolutely. Because I last year do too. You know, yeah. Last year they tied 29-29. Week 2, same exact thing. In Lambeau, week 2, 29-29. He had a couple amazing throws. Adam Thielen, if you guys haven't seen it, pause the podcast, go on YouTube and look up the Adam Thielen touchdown. Uh, I honestly, looking at it from behind the end zone cam, he was not open. He threw it in. There was like a half an inch for the ball to go. And it was insane. It was right on the money. Kirk Cousins, I think, really will rise to the occasion here if they have to throw. And I honestly think that it's all defense and running game. I I get what you're trying to do. I get what you're trying to say. I appreciate that. But at the same time, I think the Packers' offense versus the Vikings' defense is a huge, huge mismatch, mainly because the Packers' weak point for for the Aaron Rodgers era has been the offensive line. And as you can see, based on the Thursday Night Football game with Khalil Mack, they did not address that, or they didn't address it properly. And given the fact that the Vikings had five sacks against the Falcons, I think that they're going to wreak havoc on Aaron Rodgers. For the sake of our listeners who are Green Bay Packer fans, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, you know what? The Packers are going to win this game outright. Wow. And I truly believe that I, I am fading this game because, quite frankly, it literally all comes to Kirk Cousins' proven record against decent teams. This is more than a decent team. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. No shot I'm touching this game, but you know what? That's up to you guys. I have a couple things to say about that. One is Aaron Rodgers... Gonna, <laughs> uh, first question is, is Aaron Rodgers going to play cornerback? Right because I don't think the, the the Packers have one. Secondly is... Amos, who had the game-winning interception. The game-winning interception from against Mitch a, Trubisky. Against a bad Mitch Trubisky. Throw. Yeah, so I, I must say one thing, though. 
this is known as the border battle. And I must say, I was in Minnesota uh, for a home game one time. It was Minnesota, Viking. don't you know? It was uh, Vikings-Lions, right? And in the Vikings-Lions game, I saw a handful of Aaron Rodgers jerseys. And not. furthermore, I went back to a bar in Minneapolis, and there were people wearing Vikings jerseys rooting for the Packers. And I asked them why, and they said, oh, they're our neighbors. So we're talking about Midwest. I'll tell you what. Is way now, too in kind. my in my power rankings, right? So let's get back to the other than the I feels and things like that. Right. Ready? Let's get back to the brass tacks power rankings. Green Bay's home field advantage gives them an extra point and a half, in my opinion, right? So that would mean neutral field or uh, a team that's complete pick them. Green Bay would be favored by four and a half in in my rankings, right? Not when it comes to the border battle, because I'll tell you what, half the crowd will be Vikings fans traveling over the border. It's only a, a couple hundred miles. They will make the trip. Vikings against the spread in Lambeau, 3-0-1 since 2015. Um, straight up, 2-1-1. Obviously, they, they tied um, last year. So, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what. You know what? I'll be a homer. Call me Homer Simpson. I'm taking the Vikings. <laughs> Catching a field goal, I really that that means the sports books are telling me that they are even on a neutral field, and I really don't believe that. All right, Dean, I have a question for you. Off off of the mm-hmm. Big Bang record, how you'd like to place a gentleman wagers on uh, that line? Sure. For me. Three. So what's, what's three? What? Yeah, plus three. I'm gonna say one unit against me and you. I'll take it. That's great, gentleman's bet. Lots of update on the social so media. Me and Zach are one and a half uh, gentleman's bets. No, so this is going to be off the record. Oh, so, off the record. So okay. no, it's not going to count towards a big bank, but it's going to count towards our wallets. Yeah, oh. that's right, right. Clearly one signed with Packers, one with Vikings. I think the Packers' defense has improved from last year. It could be, admittedly, an overreaction to what they did against the Bears. Um, but I think I, – I trust that the Vikings wanting to get ahead in the division um, – and wanting to, you know, make some hay in Lambeau. This is a game that could go 23-20, to 20, and it could go both ways, and I would push either way. So maybe it's a little foolish to, to, to bet the, the plus three, but um, I, I, I think that the, the Vikings can cover here. Just call, call it call it dumb luck. Call call it the, the, the beautiful persuasion of the Vikings fan next to me. But um, I, just, I just think that the Packers... That's another thing, too. I think... I just think the Packers are in for a rude awakening when every team is not the Bears. I don't know. Yeah, let me just point out. I mean, I I think that this is we're catching a huge overreaction from people that saw that they they held the Bears to three points. They know that the Bears uh, made the playoffs last year. I really just think that it was more of a, a uh, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears offense being very stagnant versus the the Packers offense. Yes, I know that they signed Adrian Amos and um, people like that. But I, I must say that I really don't – I don't believe it. Uh, I want to see them shut down an actual high-powered offense mm-hmm. rather than just Trubisky, who is re- clearly regressing. Gotcha. All right, Zach, your last big bank. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there, man. I'm just looking at these lines per day, and, man, like there's not a lot of lines that catch my eye. So I was looking at something. I had to do my research here to come up with my last half-unit play. I'm going with a probably unpopular bet here. But I'm a big fan of the home dog, and the one that stuck out to me, especially after the announcement today that our boy Hunter Henry is probably going to be out for most of the season, taking Detroit plus two and a half. Dean's horrible, not good team of the Lions (laughs) against the Chargers. Listen, two and a half I think is plenty of points. You have the Chargers, who have the loss of Hunter Henry. They let up 203 rushing yards to the Colts. 
All right. Michael Davis, cornerback, is out for the season. I just feel like this is a good opportunity for the Detroit Lions to come back on top, bounce back on a game they should have won last week. I think the Chargers are going to be playing at just like a slight disadvantage. I think the defense showed they could do enough as long as they don't have that fourth quarter uh, collapse. Matt Stafford, on Johnson, I feel like they're going to run it down the throats. Um, Hawkinson came out huge with that 100-yard gain. Um, you know, I don't really like to rely on offenses. I just feel like this game is kind of set up for a disappointment for the Chargers going into Detroit. First home game of the season. I like my odds. I like the home dog. And uh, that's really it, guys. Yeah, you know what's actually really funny? I think this is a natural segue because me and John and Zach obviously all gave our Big Bang picks. But honestly, I have the Detroit Lions and my home dogs. Um, they're playing at Woo-hoo! home. Woof! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know what's funny, Zach, you made a great case for the Lions, but I really, it's more of a, a Chargers fade play. I mean, if you really look at it, Vinatieri missed three field goals and an extra point. They should have lost by 10 at home to the Colts. Now, I must say, the, the Chargers, we all know, they play better on the road because their home field advantage is none. They don't oh, have a home field. Let me just add right. something. I missed an injury. Mike Williams right now yes. struggled with an ankle, and I believe uh, Lynn said that he's not confident and him making a uh, time He's their number two? He's their questionable number two. Last yeah. year, he came on to almost be the number one over Keenan And I must say, too, uh, about Keenan Allen, if I had to bet my life if Keenan Allen will be injured at any point in the season, I would put my entire life, my family's <laughs> life, and my house on the fact that Keenan Allen Minus will get hurt at some point. And uh, as you know, I said that I'd put my life on Antonio Brown getting suspended last week, and he actually raised me one and got cut. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, I like Detroit at home, even though they're just two and three as home dogs in the Patricia era. It's more of a Los Angeles Chargers fade. They really should have lost by ten, as I had mentioned. Vinatieri, old reliable, missed a bunch of kicks. Their defense looked really bad without Derwin James, which is actually a huge thing. I'm going to spotlight the fact that they were able to run for 203 yards, like you had mentioned. The Colts really outplayed them. I think if that was any other team in the NFL, they might have exposed them a little bit more. Um, it's a shame that the Colts didn't come away with the, the outright victory. But I must say, the Chargers' defense looks pretty brutal. Now, I must say, this is not saying anything about the Lions. The Lions looked also like crap for not um, <laughs> finishing off the Cardinals. But at the same time, I really think, harkening back to the beginning of the episode, I think the Lions are going to get back to it, running the ball, carrying on Johnson, and just having Matt Stafford make the plays that he has to play. And, uh, yeah, I like Detroit plus 112 at home. Dog pound. All right. Woo-hoo. 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 So before we go full-on dog pound segment, I just want to recap here, just like we did last episode. I just want to go over all of our big bank picks so we're clear here. So John DeLuna missed our three out of four week one. Week two, we're going with Cowboys minus five and a half, one unit. Vikings plus three, one unit. And the Eagles money line at minus 130. Correct, my friend. Dean, we have... Pats and that's minus, one unit on the money line. Too. Yep. So Pats minus one and a half, one unit. Bears minus two and a half. That's a half unit. Vikings plus three, one unit. Eagles half unit, and that's at uh, minus one. Minus one, and then a gentleman's bet with gentleman's me bet. on the side. <laughs> All right, and then Zach, I'm doing two units on the Bears at minus two and a half. Miami plus nine. Fingers crossed. Half unit plus nineteen. I'm assuming um, half unit plus 19. Sorry. God, plus nine is never plus anything. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a big no. Plus 19. <laughs> no. And then Lions plus two and a half at a half unit. John, let's hear that dog Let's pound. go back to the dog oh, pound oh. here. Um, real quick. I know. I know. It's it's been, a, it's been a long night. Maybe you guys, you know, it's a long night for you guys. You're trying to you think maybe you're, maybe you're getting a little sleepy there. But 
I think that the Chargers are a much better team than what we saw. Whoa. And I think the Lions are a much worse team oh, than what we saw. Ouch, John. So head to head in the dog pound. So even though the, they're favorited. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> I I uh I I just think I think the Chargers are gonna win that one handily. Handily. Um my dog pound. I'm gonna take a winner. From just a couple of days ago, the Saints at the Rams. Um, it took a little last-minute stand. Um, again, you know, from my uh, my last dog pound last uh, week was also against the Rams. I'm realizing um, it was Panthers at Rams. Hmm. Now they There's a theme here, John. Now they didn't uh, they didn't cover. They obviously didn't win, but they did keep toe to toe with the Rams. Um, uh, you know, for the most part, and I think the Saints they are plus two and a half right now. Um, plus 115 money line. I just think that's a really talented offense. They have to really, really clamp down on defense because the defense against the Texans scared me. Um, but again, it could be a testament to some of the new moxie that the Houston Texans have, their new uh, receivers, their new their new O-line, and of course Deshaun Watson potentially growing. Um, but I think that the Saints really have a chance here. The history with Drew Brees on the outside doesn't, you know, doesn't inspire a whole lot. Those kind of statistics for me, really, just like the Kirk Cousins statistic about playing winning teams, there's so much more that goes into a game than player is not good at this. Um, you know, I tend to look at team statistics over player statistics in a very fantasy-heavy world. I think that a lot of people like to look at that and, 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 and cite that as a, a valid reason. I just don't find that. I see that this is, hey, this is a big game between two potential NFC champions, um, you know, come, come uh, January. And I think that the Saints um, might be a little bit tired after coming back Monday night. Um, but I think they're going to be ready for this Rams team. And, uh, you know, in conclusion, that's my dog pound pick. And I've realized all my picks I've told you guys about this week have been a, call me the road warrior because it's everybody who's on the road this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving the car, man, and, and uh, I'm, I'm touring the road. So follow me on this one. I, I, I think this is the Saints are going to win this one. Um, certainly cover the spread at two and a half. Let me comment on that real quick and just say Drew Brees outdoors scares me. Yeah, it scares me. John. I, just, I just don't. I'll I don't, say it off. Because I don't. I don't see. It. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't worry about that. And maybe, maybe this is a little bit emotional in this particular case, um, but that, that doesn't. No, that doesn't affect me right. very much. So let me start off with the. Whoop, whoop. We're talking about <laughs> the dog bounce. So last week I gave you guys Texans plus two forty, and you know what? 50 seconds left in the game. I thought I was a fucking genius. I was like, yo, guys, seven and a half point underdogs. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, then Drew Brees worked his magic. But uh, unfortunately, all three of us, I believe, were 0-3 last week. The dog pound. But you know what? This is a reach. Yeah, and for fine. that reason, this week, I am going with, drumroll, I'm going with your Seattle Seahawks Ooh. at Ooh. Pittsburgh Steelers at plus it. 140. Wow. Now, listen, I'm going to buy into the hype where I am overreacting. Pittsburgh came out. Listen, Pittsburgh should have been shut out. Mike Tomlin was a coward and decided to kick a field goal when he should have went for a touchdown simply because he didn't want to get shut out. James Conner looked slow. Juju Smith looked like he could not take over that lead role as a wide receiver. Vance McDonald was basically a ghost. They should have lined up nobody yeah, at tight Moncrief end. Moncrief can't catch a pass. Moncrief can't catch the ball. The defense looked putrid. Seahawks are a good team. They're going to run it down the throats of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think DK Metcalf, look out for him this week. He's going to have a big game for all y'all who picked him up off of waivers off that fantasy matchup. Um, 
Russell Wilson's going to do Russell Wilson things. That sounds kind of square. But you know what? I just feel like this could be the year Pittsburgh finally takes that dive. I think they're intimidated. They're looking over in Baltimore. They see what Lamar Jackson's doing in that offense this year. Um, I just feel like, you know what? For 140, the Seahawks are a great play. You know what? Seahawks, even like, take away the plus 140, they're getting four points. I mean, I know you could talk about, talk about how, you know, they underperformed first the Bengals, but Davian Clowney, everyone talked about him not doing much. When the game was on the line, I believe he forced that mm-hmm. uh, fumble to win the game. Yep. So I yeah. just think that this is going to be the year that the Steelers regress. Tomlin is probably going to get canned after this year, after wow. his tenure. That's a that's, bold take. That's a hot take coming out there. I like the Seahawks plus 140. I think they go into Pittsburgh and give them what they have coming to them, guys. Love it's, it. It's I, funny because you haven't heard us really talking through much of that, but I think we were nodding the whole time. Yeah. It made a lot of sense to us. No, yeah, that was one that, that looked pretty juicy to me, especially at the four. Uh, you guys said four. I had a four and a half. Um, Where yeah. is that four and a half? FanDuel? Uh, FanDuel, yeah. About to lock that in, guys. Yes. Yeah. So um, my um, – Dog pound. Aside from what I had mentioned earlier with the lines, I was kind of kicking around too. We got the Jets plus one twenty, and this is yeah, very much contingent like on. That. This is contingent on if CJ Mosley plays. Um, <laughs> I must say one thing: I had the Browns under. I am a tried and true Browns under guy. I know Zach is as well, and it's one of those things where yeah. when you read through the schedule and you go Titans, Jets, everyone that that has Browns over goes, "Well, that's two and zero very easily." Obviously, mm-hmm. the Browns lost. I must say, very very key thing that I like to mention is that you have to watch the film of the game. Uh, the Browns lost their left tackle. He got ejected from the game for headbutting someone. Got ejected in the second quarter, and then after that, Jarrell Casey had the backup. I must say one thing. The Jets have a really good defense. Greg Williams is insane. We know that. If they have C.J. Mosley, I think that the Jets really put the clamps down. Low-scoring game, revenge game on Baker Mayfield, making his first NFL debut against the Jets. I'm on an NFL football. Got the Browns their first win ever. Then the Jets kind of give him a... Uh, Give them a receipt for that one in their home stadium. Kind of rough them up a little bit. And the Browns spiral to 0-2. Jets plus 120. Dog pound. Woo-hoo. I absolutely <laughs> love that. That's and, a great uh, pick. You know what? The fun part about that Monday night game is it's very rare in week two that you see must-win games. But I truly believe that that Monday night game between the yeah. Browns and the Jets is as must-win as it gets, man. This is going yeah. One of those teams is going to be spent sent spent. Spiraling, man. Both teams, uh, it, whoever loses is 0-2. And I really see it being the Browns, mainly because my handicap of the Browns going under is that their coach does nothing. And Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. wore a $250,000 watch. $350,000 watch. I- yep, my bad. But I must say, it's only a matter of time until he starts complaining and saying, like, why don't you give me the ball? And then his husband, Jarvis Landry, could kind of coo him to calm down a little bit. Yep. And then it's going to turn into... Odell Beckham Jr. has a mysterious injury, and he misses his last six games of the year, like he does every single year. All right, so real quick, before we wrap it up, I just want to announce, we talked about last uh, podcast how we're going to come up with a punishment for the Big Bank if you go 0-3. Dean, you cut it damn close this week. I avoided it. 0-2-1, you avoided it. I was 1-2. But just so you guys know... Something to look forward to. I honestly hope it never happens for the sake of all of our wives. I hope, I hope John loses because he's a great singer. <laughs> yeah. I'm so flattered. what we're going to do you. here is the punishment, if you go 0-3 or 0-whatever you bet uh, for the week. So our punishment, we officially decided, is going to be that the winner of that week's Big Bank is going to pick a minute clip of a song 
for the loser to record themselves singing, and we're actually going to play that as our outro music. So, as, as opposed to Apnea by Debt League. Yes. So as opposed to playing my uh, my band song at the end of this podcast, we're going <laughs> to hopefully hear the beautiful voice of either Dean, myself, or Johnny over here. <laughs> but moving on, hopefully we don't ever have to hear that. Although I have hopefully, a feeling yeah. we might just have to hear that. Not where victory is guaranteed. And, and we're going to pick a nice juicy song, let me tell you. So oh, real yeah. quick, here we go, guys. Rapid fire, just like we did last week. Thursday night football. We have the Bucks and the Panthers. We haven't touched this. Give us what you're taking and why. Bucks are plus seven at the Panthers. The over/under is 49. Dean, start us off. Um, I'll take the Bucks here because uh, I don't think James Winston is that bad. I think Bruce Arians gets uh, Dr. Jekyll out of that. So um, yeah, Bucks plus seven. I'm taking the Panthers. Uh, Panthers Thursday night, tomorrow night, home. Um, Cam Newton's still healthy, and it, not for nothing either. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, mm. looks like one of the best players in the entire league right now. He's unstoppable. I don't think the Buccaneers can handle it. Panthers. Unlike last week, I'm not going to confuse you guys. I'm going to side with one of these guys right here. I'm going with the Bucks plus seven. Uh, Shameless Winston actually cost me a lot of money in my uh, weekly teaser last week. But I feel like on short rest, this is going to equal the playing field a little bit. Uh, I believe that, you know what, Winston is Jekyll and Hyde. You're going to get that Jekyll this week, hopefully. Don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover in a close game, maybe a three- or four-point game. So, uh, and yeah, that's that's what I got for Thursday night, John. That's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Again, be sure to check us out on our social media, Twitter, Instagram. We're going to have our Big Bank Week 2 picks yep, up we'll very shortly. And we can't wait to see you guys next time here on the Winning Ticket Podcast, where victory is guaranteed. Happy betting, everybody. Oh.